As indicated by writer Kate Davidson, federal debt, which reached 100% of gross domestic product during the most recently completed federal fiscal year, is expected to expand to a record 107% of economic output by 2031. Believe it or not, that's good news. Thanks to an improving economic outlook expected to bolster federal revenues, the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office expects the nation's debt to expand less rapidly than was projected last summer. The agency forecasts that cumulative deficits over the next decade will total approximately $12.5 trillion. That's 3% less than projected in September, the last time the agency released such estimates. For fiscal year 2021, the agency projects that the deficit will total $2.3 trillion, which is nearly $900 billion less than for the federal fiscal year that ended on September 30th of last year. Still, the budget deficit for the current fiscal year will be simply massive, driven in large measure by another sizable economic relief package enacted by Congress in December. The annual federal budget deficit is projected to equal more than 10% of economic output this year. That would be the second largest shortfall since World War II's end, exceeded only by last year's nearly 15% gap. The Congressional Budget Office expects annual deficits to average $1.2 trillion over the next decade. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by the Wall Street Journal, forecasters are increasingly optimistic about economic growth this year. A recent survey indicates that the average expectation among economists calls for gross domestic product to expand nearly 5% this year. During a prior survey, economists had collectively indicated an expectation of 4% growth. Predictably, many economists point to the ongoing distribution of COVID-19 vaccinations and the prospect for additional stimulus from Washington for the improving outlook. However, as indicated by writers Gwyn Guilford and Anthony DeBarros, economists are generally more cautious regarding recovery of the labor market. Economists expect employers in America to add 4.8 million jobs this year. While that's significant, it is only about half the number of jobs lost since February of last year, which means that the nation will still be down several million jobs after 2021's conclusion. Forecasters indicate a mean expectation of 5.3% unemployment by year's end. The rate presently is 6.3%, which means that the conventional wisdom suggests only gradual reductions in unemployment going forward. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. The United Kingdom's economy registered its largest contraction in more than three centuries last year, according to official estimates. The Office for National Statistics recently indicated that gross domestic product in the UK shrank 9.9% last year. As indicated by writers Jason Douglas and Paul Hannon, that represented the largest annual decline among any of the group of seven advanced economies. France's economy shrank more than 8% last year, while Italy's declined by nearly 9%. German output fell 5%. By those lowly standards, America doesn't look so bad. Our economy was diminished by 3.5%. According to Bank of England data, the decline in GDP in the United Kingdom was the largest in more than 300 years, though there was a comparable decline in 1921 when GDP shrank 9.7%. That occurred during a lull in economic activity that followed World War I. The last time the United Kingdom's economy shrank as much as it did last year was in 1709. You may not remember it, but the economy that year tumbled 13% during 
an unusually cold winter known simply as the Great Frost. Last year, the United Kingdom suffered one of the world's worst COVID-19 outbreaks and kept restrictions on daily life in place longer than many peer nations. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by writers Tom Fairless and Eric Silvers, for nearly a year, large segments of Europe's economy have been in a deep freeze in response to a lingering pandemic. Trillions of euros worth of state-backed subsidies and low-cost loans have kept many businesses afloat, while governments have paid millions of furloughed workers to stay at home. In much of Europe, layoffs or forced bankruptcies are banned. By pursuing such policies, Europe's leaders are counting on the notion that once the pandemic subsides, they can defrost the region's $18 trillion economy, allowing businesses to jumpstart themselves quickly and bring back workers. As indicated by the writers, this represents a political choice. Europeans are generally far less tolerant of the brutal adjustments often termed creative destruction by economists, required by America's model of capitalism. Here's the issue. As the pandemic drags on and Europe's vaccine rollout stretches through the year and perhaps beyond, some policymakers, economists, and business executives fret that mothballing the economy for so long will leave Europe struggling to adapt to the seismic business and social changes the crisis is ushering forth. And that could stall Europe's economic recovery for years to come. For WYPR and my producer, Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. I'm the father of two daughters and love them more than anything on the planet. But the data are what the data are, and several studies conducted in America since the 1980s supply strong evidence that when a couple's firstborn is a girl, that increases the likelihood of their subsequently splitting up. But for those of us who are parents to daughters, here's the good news. As reported by The Economist magazine, recently published work in the economic journal debunks that particular notion, at least to an extent. In a paper entitled Daughters and Divorce, two economists, one from the University of Melbourne and one from Georgia State University, confirmed that having a female firstborn does in fact increase the risk of that child's parents divorcing in both the U.S. and in the Netherlands. But unlike their prior efforts, this study also analyzed the impacts of the girl's age. The economists found that the daughter divorce risk emerges only during a firstborn girl's teenage years. Before that daughter reaches the age of 12, daughters are no more linked to couples splitting up than sons are. How does one explain this? Turns out that parents quarrel more over the upbringing of teenage daughters than of teenage sons. I get that. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.